Welcome to Cars. Yeah, show number 391. I think it's really important to to embrace not just your successes, but your failures. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Alexander Bermudez. Alexander, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Great to have you here. Alexander Bermudez is a photographer with a passion for automobiles. He studied graphic design in England and photography at the Brooks Institute of Photography in Santa Barbara, California. He's been on assignments with Works 2 Motorsports documenting their IMSA GT3 Challenge and ALMS campaigns, and he spends a lot of time shooting at many of the great road courses in America. He's an avid racer in Porsche Owners Club events and won the coveted Rookie of the Year Award in their Cup Series driving a Porsche Boxster. And you'll find him well-documented at Petrolicious in his Porsche 964-based hot rod 911 known as the Growler, where he also contributes to the Road Trip Series. Alexander, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career, your business, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, hi, Mark. First, I'd like to say thanks so much for having me on your show. Uh, My journey in the automotive world really started in the photography world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know much about racing. In fact, I didn't know anything about racing until I met the guys at Works 2 Motorsport. I had probably shot my car a couple times, um, and I showed those pictures to Galen Beaker over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was so interested, and he liked my work that uh, he said to me, "Hey, why don't you come to a couple races?" And of course, I couldn't say no to that. I had no <laughs> idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. But um, one race led to another, and before I knew it, he was flying me around the country, uh, shooting his IMSA GT3 Challenge and later on ALMS racing series that he was doing at the time and it was amazing i uh i got to go to all these great tracks and um that really sort of solidified my interest in in racing and that was my introduction wow well talk about fortuitous the fact that you uh just kind of happened into this and i know i mentioned in our or in my introduction you you studied graphic design you studied photography at the famous brooks institute in santa barbara place that i wanted to go to school way way back when but uh, let's talk a little bit before I get into some of the questions. I, I know you're involved in real estate as a primary professional 
career type thing, but you've started delving into the serious world of cup racing, if you will. Take us through that a little bit. Okay, so everything that I've done, I've seemed to have fallen into by mistake, which is probably not the best way to do go about doing things, but it's just what has happened to me. Sure. And so what had happened is when I first bought my 911, uh, Magnus Walker, who I kind of knew briefly from real estate prior to that moment, he had suggested that I go to a POC event, which is Porsche Owners Club. And he said he'd be my instructor. So we went and we we had this weekend together where he instructed me and taught me, you know, the very basics of racing. And I, up until that moment, I didn't know that was something that, you know, normal people could do. Hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I had no idea that like a civilian could get onto a racetrack, so to speak. So when we did that, it really opened up my mind to the whole potentiality of, of what somebody like myself could do. And that's when I started basically doing DEs with the POC. And that quickly led to doing time trial and then up into cup racing, which I've been doing for a couple of years now. Yeah, you've gotten really serious with the cup racing and uh, winning the Rookie of the Year award and the serious racing that that group does. And for those listeners out there, DE, Driver's Education, is a really nice way to get introduced to the track to start to see if you are comfortable at speed and then moving up through the ranks and getting into what Alex is doing here. I think that's really cool. And And we're going to learn a little bit more about you and about what you're doing as we move through here. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Alex, take the wheel. You know, it's funny. I'm really into quotes. There's so many that I I use and live by or try to live by, I should say, Mm because, you know, it's hard sometimes. But... One of my favorites that I think is most relative, relevant to this is a man who views the world the same at 50 as he did when he was 30 has wasted 30 years of his life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit how you've incorporated that comment, that quote into your life and what you're doing. I think one of the most important things about life in general is you have to constantly try and evolve. You, you need to develop as a person, I've done that with my photography and with driving. And, and I think that's where real success comes from. I mean, for me, becoming better at the things that I'm interested in is the greatest form of success. Now, you talked about loving cars. You've liked cars for a long time. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really realize that you were a car guy? You know... Again, I think I've come at this kind of in a backwards way. And, and what I mean by that is I, I'm really into driving. And the car is kind of just a byproduct of that obsession. When I was a kid, you know, I, I loved cycling. And I, I think what I liked about cycling back then was the freedom that it gave me. And the same, the same applied when I, when I got my driving license. And ironically, I got my driving license quite late. I think I got my driving license when I was maybe like 20 or 21. I didn't seem to have that much interest, which is probably a terrible thing to say on your show, but (laughs) but I just, I kind of came to it later. But basically, you know, I just loved the idea of being able to go on sort of explorative um, journeys. When we talked, um, I'll let our listeners know, Alex and I talked on the phone uh, before I had him on the show and he was a little concerned because he said, you know, 
I'm not really sure if I'm a car guy or not. And I went, what? <laughs> and I think with the way you just described it, it's for you, the importance is getting behind the wheel, participating, being active at the wheel, driving. And I mentioned at the beginning, there's a great show on Petrolicious. Uh, we've had several people that work at Petrolicious on cars yeah, here as guests. But there was a video made of you driving your 964 Porsche called the Growler. And I think I could tell there, you're definitely a car guy. Maybe you just came in from the other side of the garage, if you will, but I think you're you're a car guy there, Alex. Don't worry about that. I would love to take a look at a challenge, some kind of a challenge or a failure. I always say it's, let's take a journey down the road of your life and have you talk a little bit about this big challenge or a great failure that you've faced along the way in your life, your career, whatever it might be. But the really important part of this is how did you overcome that situation? What did you learn from it? Well, I think the largest underlying challenge that I've had throughout my life is is dyslexia. And it's it's a really interesting thing for me particularly because I think what the way that I I beat dyslexia was essentially by constantly figuring out workarounds. Um I think that's why I got into uh photography in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because of course, you know, has very little to do with with reading and numbers. And then I certainly succeeded at that. Uh, real estate, certainly numbers come into play, um, but I was able to use Excel worksheets that I, you know, I, I could build these worksheets and figure and have them do like the heavy lifting as far as numbers go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, and I've always sort of figured out how to avoid putting myself in a place where my dyslexia would, would sort of show itself, so to speak, and affect my performance. And, and, I, and I got really good at that. And, and I think what's interesting is now, you know, over time, I've actually sort of faced off with dyslexia. And, and what I mean by that is now that, I, now that I'm writing for Petrolicious, I think a, a large part of the inspiration for that is the fact that I, I just have to beat my dyslexia head to head. And I've very much done that. And, and that, again, is, a, is something that I'm pretty proud of, you know. Oh, gosh, absolutely. And, you know, first and foremost... I appreciate and thank you for sharing a really personal story, a really personal challenge. And so many people face a challenge with dyslexia. I've known so many people, I've had people in my family that have to deal with this. And for those of us who don't have it, it's very hard to understand what people with dyslexia face. And when we had our pre-show chat, you talked a little bit about, I love the facing this challenge and fighting against it and sitting down and writing. I mean, that's just absolutely awesome and inspiring for those listeners out there that are struggling with this challenge in their life is, yeah, you got to just put it in your face, right? Just attack it. Just attack it. The other interesting thing about it is not just writing, but then like putting it in a very public place for everybody to see. I think that there's a process involved in that too, where you're basically putting yourself yourself out there, so to speak. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that is also that that sort of raises the, raises the stakes in a sense. Oh, it raises them in a great way. I had a friend who fought dyslexia, and that's what he did. He created, he started a blog, and just started writing. And the first yeah. stuff he started writing was really a mess. And but he just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And it's like getting to Carnegie Hall. You get there by practice. Getting to the finish line it, before anyone else on a racetrack, it's practice. It's seat time. So kudos to you, Alexander. That's awesome. Let's shift gears there and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction. And tell us the steps that you took 
to turn your aha moment into your success? Hmm. Well, that, that would sort of continue on the same theme that we're talking about. Um, prior to Petrolicious, you know, I was shooting for works too, going to all these different tracks and, and shooting, you know, essentially pan shot after pan shot of race cars. Then, you know, I sort of stumbled across Petrolicious. It was pretty new back then. I think it'd probably been only around for like six months or maybe maybe just a year. Mm-hmm. And they had this this sort of post that said, you know, submit your car or whatever. And I had just, in fact, bought the Growler. So it was I was very proud of it. And I was like, wow, I'm going to submit my car, you know. Cool. Uh, so I wrote I wrote that story about I, about myself buying it and, and the sort of funny story uh, revolving around that. Mm-hmm. And um, and I sent it to them. And, and to my amazement, they published it. I mean, I figured, you know, the, the photos were good, but I was amazed that they actually published the text that went along with them. Yeah. And that's when all this sort of came together. I was like, you know. This is something that I never thought I would be good at. And here I am, and, and it's just been published. I'm going to see if I can publish more. And that was very much a sort of aha moment for me where I realized that I, I could just do this. And, and then I started shooting my friends' cars. It's pretty funny. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky in that a lot of my friends, you know, through the Porsche Owners Club have a lot of really nice cars and they're willing to let me drive them and do stories on them. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of how I got my start. Well, it's another great story for our listeners out there, those uh, entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, entrepreneurs. You just have to get out there and do it. Just try something. Put it out there. Put it out in front of somebody's nose. And the fact that you were dealing with dyslexia, concerned about writing, reading, and you wrote something and presented it, and look where it took you. Oh, my gosh. Just absolutely fantastic. Wonderful stories here. I love this. And you talked a little bit about proudest moments, but I'm sure you've had many along the way. But is there one in particular that really stands out for you? Yeah, for sure. You know, earlier this year, my mom came to see me race. And up until that moment, I was really quite nervous about anybody coming to see me race because, you know, I I, I just didn't know what would happen, right? But last April... My mom came to see me race at uh, the California Festival of Speed, which is at Auto Club Speedway. Yeah. And it was amazing, you know, because there she was watching me perform and something that, I, that I've come to take very seriously. And it, it was just an, an amazing moment. I won the race, which just made it even better. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, like, it was, just, it was just the perfect moment in time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, this series of racing that you do... Maybe real briefly, you could explain to the listeners a little bit more about it because it's it's a very very competitive group of people. It's it's not like a club track day or or even uh, vintage racing, which I was involved in, which is pretty competitive, but it's pretty safe. People kind of stay away from each other. You guys are out there really. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say knocking fenders because that's not what you're supposed to do. But tell our listeners a little bit more about it. Well, yeah. So I mean, the, the Porsche Owners Club take racing pretty seriously. I mean, first and foremost, they consider themselves a racing club. Uh, That being said, they do have like a lot of driver development that goes on. But the fundamental process behind that idea of driver development is so that they so that you have good races to race with later on. Um, So they're very interested in making people into really good drivers so that the racing is essentially safe. But make no mistake it's it's pretty serious i mean you know it's not pro racing it's definitely amateur racing you're not supposed to be rubbing fenders but it does happen more often than not 
Yeah, it's a serious group. I haven't raced with a lot of different clubs. I have raced with NASA, I've raced with PCA. It seems from my experience that the Porsche Owners Club is significantly more serious about racing than, than those two other clubs. And I'm sure there are lots of great races there, but um, the level of competition seems way more fierce uh, in the POC. Oh, yeah. I have a good friend, Joe Banks, who races a 993. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's some serious stuff. I mean, the, the cars are serious. They're serious race cars. The drivers are very serious about how well they're doing and proceeding and progressing through their racing talents and so forth. So, yeah, it's an awesome group. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? You talk about kind of coming into the car hobby, the car passion later in life, but what's the car that your first car that was really special for you? Hmm. Yeah, that's really that that that's a really hard question to answer because I suppose that there's two for very two different reasons. Uh-huh. First, there's the first 911 I bought, um, which was a 997, and it's just my favorite because it's the first Porsche I, I could ever get my hands on. But but in retrospect, I have to say my Boxster is probably my favorite car ever. And, and really the reason is because both it and I have been through so much together. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, every, every success, every victory and, and every disappointment we've been through together, every knock, you know, you know, POC school of hard knocks, you could yeah. say, um, you know, we've been through every scratch we both share, you know, every time I've gone off, you know, turn nine backwards into a, a cloud of snow, smoke or dust, I should say, um, you know, we did that together. So in a sense, I mean, my Boxster is, is, is the most special car because of the things we've done together, essentially. Yeah, experiences. That's so much of what cars are all about is the experiences that we enjoy with those cars, either with other people or the car or a journey or in your case, racing or a road trip. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Hmm. <laughs> The question you should be asking me is is bias is bias remorse. So why don't you redo that one? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's the second question that I usually bring up. So how about a vehicle that you bought and you shortly thereafter said to yourself, "Oh my gosh, what was I thinking?" Well, so I have a serious problem, which is I don't sell cars. So what happens is I need more and more space. Uh, and that's not to say I have a huge collection of cars. I don't, but I, I I do definitely get like an emotional connection to to cars, and therefore it becomes very difficult to to let go of them. Mm-hmm. As far as buyer's remorse, over the last two years, I've been sort of building, or at least I haven't been, but I've been coordinating the build of a 1973 RSR clone. Oh, cool. Um, and we've been building it from the ground up. So, you know, like the whole engine's being rebuilt from a 964 3.6 liter engine. And it's being it's being expanded to 3.8. So, you wow. know, short gears in the gearbox. We're using a 964 gearbox. We're using a, a 1974 uh, tub that we're backdating to 1973. And had I known, like, how much energy and blood, sweat, and tears it would take to do this project... I probably wouldn't have embarked on it in the first place. But I, I think that's probably the only way these sort of things get done, right, is, is you, you kind of get into it naively. And I'm very excited to drive the, the end product, but 
but I'm pretty sure this will be the last time I, I embark on a project like that. Uh, it's a huge undertaking, but I think when you're done, you'll be pretty darn happy. Do you have a, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is there any kind of uh, end date where you can picture yourself on the road? Well, I think by early next year, it'll be done. I mean, the, the tub is is all done. It's ready. Hergesheimer Motorsports is, is building the engine and transmission. I, I think it's going to move pretty quickly now, but it has been a long road. <laughs> yes, they can be, for sure. How about current projects? What are you working on today that really has you excited and fired up? Well, in the car world, I suppose the thing that I'm really excited about is competing in the Porsche Owners Club Championship. Um, you know, last year I, I won a couple of races and, and that was amazing, right? But the idea of like sort of buckling in and working to win a championship is a whole different thing. I really love the development, again, going back to that theme of, of getting myself ready to do that and competing, you know, race after race to try and win the points championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, again, very competitive and we all wish you the best of luck with this going to be exciting now here's a very introspective question i like this question because it brings out i say how people perceive themselves in relation to the car world if you were a car what kind of car would you be and why Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah let me think about that no it's a great question I, i think this may sound counterintuitive based on the rest of the conversation but i think honestly if I was a car, I'd probably want to be some sort of bus. And and the reason is because I'd want to share my journey with others. Ah, I like that. Yeah, I think, you know, we'd go on a long road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Now, let's dig a little deeper here. A bus. Are you talking about a Greyhound bus or like a small mini bus? Or a, a, what kind of bus would you be? How do you envision yourself? A vintage bus? A brand new bus? Vintage. I, the the first bus that came to mind was a VW bus. Oh, okay. <laughs> VW bus. It's lowered with no bumpers on it. I like it. Maybe throw a uh, like a two point seven nine eleven engine in the back. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Something. But to it give has me. to have seats so I can share my my journey with others. I like that. Real. That was a great answer. I love that one. So Alexander up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYEAH.com slash sponsors. All right, Alexander, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. The white flag is out. It's time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
most recently, uh, Mike Smith, who's my go-kart coach, we were talking about the POC championship and the pressure that I was under. And he, he said to me, just go out there and have fun. The championship will take care of itself. <laughs> and know, I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, that is a great idea. It's, it's a nice way to kind of relax you a little bit and remember why you're doing this in the first place is to have a little bit of fun. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Again, I, I'll, I'll bring this to racing. One of the things that I've been working on recently is trying to control my anxiety. I used to get very stressed. The first time I qualified on pole was probably the most stressful moment in my life. You've got everything to lose, right? And really not much to gain. So I started working with another coach who basically worked on my breath and trying to calm myself through breathing. I'm not a big believer in that kind of stuff. I, I, my personality doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. But I have to say, I was open to the idea of it, and I, and I did it, and I've become a lot calmer as a result of it. And I think that's definitely improved my performance in general, not just in racing, in fact, but everywhere. You know, it's really, really true. My father, who's just turned 83, he's been into yoga for a long time and breathing and meditation, and uh, he shared some of that with me, and it's extremely helpful to just stop and focus on your breath it, it's a really really great thing to do and I think like you for a long time I just kind of like ah that's just kind of stuff for other people but when you start doing it and focusing on it it really does help it really yeah, does help absolutely yeah great advice from that coach do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy there are a lot of people who have helped me over the last few years um, I mentioned already Hergesheimer Motorsports they are basically the shop in Orange County that take care of my race car and they take care of me at the track too. So they offer my track support. They're amazing. And they have uh, bent over backwards for me. They always, you know, my car is so reliable in, in an environment where, you know, everything fails really quickly. The amount of spare parts that they bring and the commitment they have to this championship I'm trying to win is, is amazing. I really have to give them credit for that. And they're a wonderful family run business. Sounds like it. Absolutely. We'll make sure that they get listed on your show notes page. How about a book? I know there's a lot of great books out there, but is there one in particular that you've enjoyed that you think the listeners would enjoy? Well, well <laughs> as you can imagine, I don't read a whole lot, but my favorite book, which just blew my mind, is The Art of Racing in the Rain. Um, ah, by Garth Stein. Yeah. Yeah. My dad got me that book and I just couldn't put it down. It's it's truly, truly an amazing book. I recommend it to anybody, even if you're not into cars, it's an amazing book. It is. I keep hoping they would do a movie about that book because I think it would make a really interesting movie. And it's not even really what you would think. You no. know, if you're not into racing, you think, ah, I'm not interested in that. It's a whole nother deal. So yeah, definitely get your hands on that. And I'll remind our listeners that there's a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where you can find links to Alexander's Choice and all the past guests' choice. And you can find all the other resources he's offered us here at carsyad.com slash Alexander Bermudez. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? I know you love photography. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I've started to sort of solidify this concept between doing the uh, Petrolicious interview and, and this interview, which which is this concept that, you know, 
racing is very destructive by its very nature. I mean, everything starts to fall apart. Everything wears out so quickly. And, and I really have found that, that photography really helps with, because, because it adds a sense of creativity. So while stuff is being destroyed in racing, I can do photography and writing, and, and that's a really creative process. And, and I find that the two complement each other extremely well. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to seeing more of your photography and reading some of your writing, too. I think that's absolutely wonderful. We're up to the checkered flag now, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car, I'll let you keep your race car, but one collector car in your garage. But don't worry about the price, because today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. What would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Hmm. That's like an impossible question to answer for me. The reason the, the reason that's such a difficult question is because I am of the opinion that you only want cars that are really good at one thing and then, you know, terrible at everything else. Like they excel at one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want a race car because it's good at that that job description. And then, you know, you want a car that you can drive up the canyons, right? You want a car that you can go pick up your parents at the airport in, you know, and, you know, so, so, so that concept of one car is very difficult. But honestly, I mean, if, if that was the choice and you were going to buy it for me and, and I will preface this with and all the spare parts, right? <laughs> oh, nope. No problem. I would say that I'd want a Grand Am spec race car because really that's that's where I'd like to be in the future is go and run in that series. Wow. Very so you can cool. sponsor me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cars, yeah, on the side of the door. I can't yeah. wait till I get to a point where I can afford to do that kind of spending. But uh, I think that's a great choice for you because, you know, I was hope I, I kind of sense you would pick a race car because that's where your true passion lies. But uh, that's a very special car. Grand Am spec race car. Very cool. I love it. Alexander, you have taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. And I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Is there one parting piece of guidance you can offer us before you drive off down the racetrack in that Grand Am spec race car? You know, I think it's really important to to embrace not just your successes, but your failures. I think all too often people sort of just sweep their failures under the under the rug or whatever, and I understand that. But... I try and look at my failures and really analyze why they fa- why whatever I did failed, right? And I really feel that I've learned a lot from that. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but it is the most productive thing to do. You know, absolutely. And your, your comments there, your parting thoughts ring true. I just finished a great book called Growth Mindset. And definitely what you just described is a growth mindset. And for those listeners out there, you can... Uh, Find that on uh, on Amazon's website. It's a great book to learn about how to change your mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And you, my friend, have a growth mindset, which is a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there a good way for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you and what you're doing? I'm not organized enough to have a website. However, um, I do have Instagram and a Facebook page. The Instagram is Bermudez Automobilist and the Facebook page is Alexander Bermudez Automobilist. And that's how I found you, was through your photography on your Facebook page. I said, who is this guy? I need to talk to this guy. So uh, I'm very grateful that we finally got together here on Cars Yeah. 
And listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Alexander has been so kind to share with me today. Carsyad.com. Just put Alexander in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Hey, Alexander, thank you again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life and experiences with the listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.